Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right, welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We've got a guest today. Her name's Catherine Perubum. She's the founder of uh, Spectrum Support. We're going to hear all about that. So I'll say welcome to Catherine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show today. Excellent. So it's uh, nice and easy because you're local. You don't live too far away. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we're here in Southport on the Gold Coast. Um, are you a long-time resident? No, actually. We uh, we relocated the family in December of 2019 um, from from beautiful Sydney. But I tell you, it was the right thing for our family. And uh and we love it here. And I, I'll never leave. <laughs> I'll never leave. That's it. So for everybody listening, obviously, there's uh, some major, major cities in Australia. Gold Coast is on the smaller side, but it's 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 a it's a paradise place to live, let's say. Absolutely. Um, it's trying to get the mix of work and life. That's generally where people, um, not everyone has the chance to do that. So maybe that's what we'll touch on today. But uh, thanks for joining us. What we just wanted to get a sense of is... Um, maybe what you're working on at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it sounds like we might have a chance to get you back a few times because there's mm -hmm. lots of different facets to your uh, your life. But can you just tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So I, um, I am the wife to a very um, incredible husband and we have three beautiful boys, um, Oliver, who's seven, Joshua, who's six, and little Tyler, who is five. Uh, and my boys are all on the autism spectrum. Um, my older two boys also have intellectual disabilities uh, and the boys have a range of different comorbidities which um, presents for them certain challenges in life um, that we try and, and navigate through every day as a family. Um, the boys um, are nonverbal, which means that they don't use words um, to communicate. So we're still trying to um, find what works for them as a method for them to have their voice heard. Um, and that's been a really wonderful road of discovery for just um, three different boys and three different systems that, that work for them, you know. Um, so uh, for, for us, um, you know, our, our boys are our life. We um, for me personally, I started off my career um, as a as a, a young singer dancer back in in the day in Sydney, and um, sort of started my first um, gig working at um, Australia's Wonderland, which is a, a big was a big theme park here, nowhere near the size of what you guys have in the United States, but. Um, but it was great. I got to sing and dance for a living and and then um, I decided that I wanted to uh, open a business and become a little bit more entrepreneurial. So got into the corporate sector and hello, Pussycat. Oh, got, a, got a little special guest today. Oh, hello to hello. you too. Hello. All right. Well, for those listening in that can't check out the YouTube, this is your chance to subscribe. <laughs> and see exactly all the characters that we'll be having on. We don't yet have a pet specialist. I'm going to hand this over to our uh, studio captain here. Can you just, um, you can take him out of the room. That's fine. Like, likes the sound of the voice. Likes... <laughs> um, um, 
Yeah, no, wonderful. See, so, a little bit of a wild card here in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so sort of, you know, created my my corporate career and got very successful in the sales and marketing realm. Uh, and then, um, you know, I got to a certain point where I wanted to become a mum and, uh, and um, having my, my beautiful children um, then sort of led me into uh, creation, the, the creation of Spectrum Support and... Um, this is honestly where I have found my true purpose in life. You know, I, I always thought I wanted to be a pop star or I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and, and sort of, you know, get to a certain point in my corporate career. Um, but I tell you, when I um, when I discovered Spectrum Support and we really started to delve into how we could support the community and how we really, I think the biggest thing for us was the fear um, and any parent who has children with additional needs or, or special needs, um, they have this fear about what's going to happen when I can't be there to protect them, when I can't be there to stop the bullying and bullying doesn't stop on the playground. It continues all in life. And even adults, you know, we experience it in, in so many different settings. Um, and it led me to start researching, um, you know, how, how do I protect my kids? And I started to see a really huge gap between first responder education and the autistic community. And I knew I had to bridge that gap. So after years of, of research um, and sourcing global experts and speaking to people who have, who, you know, have been doing this, I reached out to a huge um, uh, section of the autism community and we had um, a, a team of uh just close to 500 individuals with different levels of diagnoses and different age brackets from teenagers to, to young adults to senior citizens who are on the spectrum and who have had interactions with law enforcement. And once I started to piece all of that together, um, I then worked with uh, New South Wales Police Force and that's where we partnered um, to create our very first um, pilot training. And the pilot training was such a huge success that uh, they then decided that, yes, we want to make sure that our 17,000 strong force in New South Wales receive all of this training. Uh, and, um, you know, we've actually developed, um, it, it's actually a four-day course. It's an intensive course, but it's, not for every level of of officer. So, you know, um, there are there are some hard hitting topics that we specialize in, um, as well as just, you know, the triple zero call that you're going to get and somebody's in a in a heightened state um and that needs to be diffused. You know, we talk about um really intense things like um, you know, a young non-verbal 10-year-old girl who's been sexually assaulted, how to law enforcement delicately interview that young autistic girl to get the information. You know, there's there's victims, there's perpetrators, you know, there's homicide 
um, you know, detectives that we need to train when Audrice, um, may she rest in peace, in Melbourne was attacked in Melbourne Park by the autistic gentleman, um, you know, that requires, even though he is a perp, um, we need to make sure that he's also understood for his autism and what that means and we need to get the right people involved to interview. Um, so our our four-day intensive course really does cover some very hard-hitting things and I know it's not a very light subject <laughs> to probably be talking about, but it is serious and this happens literally every single day, whether it's in, in the public or it's not. Um, I guess some of the things in, in the public um, in recent times is that we've seen a lot of young, um, predominantly young boys around that 14 to 15-year-old sort of mark who have um, uh, been lost in the wilderness. And, um, you know, we lost young William Wall not long ago. We've we've had some successes um, in, in the search and rescue operations, but we're now working with um, the dog squad uh, within law enforcement to be able to help them um, understand once they find somebody who has gone missing, uh, how do you again ensure that that person understands that you are safe, that you're not going to encroach on their personal space. And with autism, it's it's called a spectrum because the spectrum is so vast. And uh, what will work for this individual will absolutely be the wrong thing to do for the next individual. So it's, it's highly complicated um, and it does require um, a, a really um, deep level of knowledge and, and education. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, that's um, look. I love the passion that's that's coming in. And exactly, we, we touched on where you became very familiar with the, the spectrum mm -hmm. and uh, how to manage it for your within your own family unit. Um, and then it's how society is. What's that interface between other people and what they may know or not know? Yeah, and how to. Um, how you end up relating to these people and there's all this sort of uh that, that's what kind of caught my attention is to see what is the level of awareness in australia for autism first of all mm -hmm. um and then within that uh, there is an understanding about what what autism autism is and what comprises it and the types of behavior and how do you even you know what are there negative stigmas or is it generally well accepted so those are some of the ones i thought might be an easier starting point just for those listening in and i imagine it would be potentially people uh, that have uh, a child on the spectrum. Uh, it's, it seems to me uh, there's a struggle between public and private in, mm -hmm. in, the, in dealing with this and, and working through it, and it's a lifelong um, adaptation. Absolutely. Uh, is, that, is that fair to say? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Autism just when you're 18 just doesn't disappear. It's, it's with you for life. Um, and, uh, you know, with um, statistics, uh, continuing to increase. So here in Australia, uh, we have one in 70 um, that are officially diagnosed. In the United States at the moment, it is one in 54. Um, and those statistics for both, both countries are now several years old. It has been a 600% increase in the past two decades of diagnoses. So where it was one in 10,000, 
you know, it's it's now such um, it's one in every, um, you know, one in, in every aeroplane. It's it's several people in a shopping centre. It's, you know, on a train. There's, you know, it's the, the numbers are there. And I think whilst um, the general public are starting to hear the word autism more frequently, the gap between um, understanding, acceptance, and then inclusion are still there's it's so vast. We still have so much work to do. Um, and look, I feel the prejudice for my children every time we're out in public. You know, there's there's looks and there's shocks of horror and there's nasty comments and you know, and, and just uh, even people allowing their kids to sort of like with their, their draw dropped to the floor because my little guy is flappy happy as I call it. He's flapping his arms and he's vocalising, making ooh, ooh, or, you know, he's making sounds and he's just in a happy disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still not really understood out there and, um, and I think there's there's still so much work to do. And I hurt for my kids. I really hurt for them. And when I get back into the car and I burst into tears, it's it it breaks my heart too, you know, as a parent. And I'm going to try and keep it together. <laughs> but um, you know, um, I I I fear for for them being, you know, who they are out in society when the gap, the knowledge gap is still so, so big. Uh, that's what I was, that's what I was wondering about. It's just, obviously it's, um, it's a need mm. and you're really taking that head on and uh, it can probably seem like a big task. That's the case with a lot of people that um, see a problem in society and you can't really afford to let it just go by the wayside. You, no. You're doing what you can to do that. And you've formed a company and an organization, let's call it. Um, and I imagine there are many people uh, looking for direction on this and how to amplify it. So maybe that's where some of these communication me- methods can be beneficial and the message gets amplified and so on. So mm. um, you do have a quite a large, um, like an email newsletter, I think you said. It's a, it's a way for people to follow or just yes. be informed. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, spectrumsupport.org is uh is our um charity's website you can follow us on on facebook or or um uh, instagram um but please sign up to our newsletter and and you'll um you know you'll you'll be kept informed as to sort of where we are and what we're doing you know we've got um ambitions to ensure that this training is rolled out um all across australia as well as new zealand we are um officially australasia's first autism and law enforcement trainers. So we've been receiving uh, correspondence from people all over Asia, um, Asia PAC to come and assist with their their understanding between first responders um, and the community, which is really exciting for us. Um, and, you know, a global pandemic is not going to stop us. <laughs> so um, we've just had to change some of our delivery methodologies. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to finally get back with, uh, face-to-face training and, and a few things like that as well, which is good. Very, very good. Very promising. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can imagine that this would be, I mean, it's difficult just to draw a border around it. Obviously you've got first responders here in Australia and New Zealand and maybe other yeah. close, um, proximate areas. Is it a 
um, is it the type of thing that needs a, a demonstration or are there, I imagine you need to look for, let's just say it's audiovisual, so it's not just a written materials, they need to, some media to see examples? Is that, what's the best way to help people be aware? Yeah, so look, part of our, our training involves, I guess, really just a, a very broad understanding as to firstly, what what is autism? You know, um, because a lot of people just simply don't understand what autism is. People will bucket it under mental health and it is actually not a mental health condition. Autism is a neurological disorder. So um, so there's still even understanding there. So we do a very basic overview as to what that is, what they may see in the field, you know, from uh, different stimming behaviours. And stimming is a self-regulatory behaviour. So as I explained a little bit earlier, my son likes to flap his hands. He also does lots of vocalisations. Um, one of my younger sons um, he jumps up and down um, and they have no concept of boundaries. So you as a stranger, um, he will go up to you and, and smell your abdomen um, within three seconds. And, and while he's six, it's kind of cute and you can get away with it a little bit. But when he becomes a six foot four strapping man who weighs 100 kilos and he wants to go and smell you, it's going to be extremely intimidating. Um, so we go through a lot of those different behaviours, rocking back and forward. Um, what is echolalia? Echolalia is something that's really, um, um, you know, very prevalent with a lot of autistics and echolalia is simply the repeating of what they hear. So if you as a first responder go up to somebody and say, what's your name? They'll go, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? So echolalia is is a, a, a repetition of, of what's been heard. But again, with law enforcement, that can be misconstrued as them mocking the, the, the police officer or um, you know, being disrespectful. It can it can cause a lot of different um uh, concerns. So um so look, absolutely we go through that. Yes, it's there's video because you have to be able to see what you're dealing with. Um, but we also do physical demonstrations. How do you physically restrain somebody who is self-harming, who may be um, lashing out and, and hurting somebody else? Um, it's it's regarded as domestic domestic violence. So if you're, um, you know, 12-year-old or 15-year-old or 32-year-old is having a meltdown in the house and they've you've got in their way and they give you a black eye, it's regarded as domestic violence. So, again, we have to train law enforcement how to um, walk into those situations in a very calm demeanour with empathy, with understanding that, you know, in a heightened state of meltdown, they're not going to answer your questions, that you need to give them some space. But if you do need to physically restrain them, there are proper techniques to be able to do that. Um, so it's, it's you know, theory, it's, it's vision, but it's actually also very physical because what they do day in and day out is physical. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the law enforcement, it's a, it's a thread, again, people trying to understand what how it's like here in Australia. I mean, you've got um, New South Wales police force, you've got state, so you've got state-based policing, and uh, if those are the same or different, uh, maybe we can tackle that as a topic for another time. But sure. <laughs> it, it's mainly the, um, 
it sounds like everyone would be on the same page with trying to do the right thing. Nobody's out to, um, you know, be extra harsh on an individual, but it's a lack of understanding that's leading to these adverse outcomes. Um, and we're talking about deaths. Um, mm -hmm. People have been, um, I mean, I'll leave people to search the headlines on it, but there's been a few circumstances. There was a positive, on the positive case, there was, uh, like you mentioned, a search and rescue mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago. And um, I think it was, a, it was a good result in the yeah, end. But that's the, right. the boy um, just got, went out for a bit of a wonder and I think he was out overnight. But the media got pretty hard on it and they mm -hmm. were saying, okay, um, they made sure to be very clear about when approaching him. Um, he's nonverbal. And, and that was a level of awareness. I thought, oh, isn't that interesting that that was able to get out so quickly. Mm. So do you think media plays a part in it? Or is it is it purely like a, on the front line, um, just so that in the moment of the heat of it, because I imagine it's it's not like they intend to do the wrong thing, but they're so in a moment of um, personal protection or trying to understand the situation, that they're just not reacting quick uh, in the right way? Look, media plays a big part in everything we do these days, and it's not necessarily um, commercial media being television and, and radio. Social media um, also plays a really huge role in, uh, in, in everything that we do in this day and age. So in those search and rescue cases, um, I think, you know, what it did is it called out um, really wonderful Good Samaritans and volunteers who want to go and help and assist to, to locate these particular boys. And you had hundreds of volunteers who came and really gave their time to, to make a difference. And, you know, and in the case of um, the little boy we were just talking about, he was found and, and he was safe, which is great. Um, so, look, at this point, for me, any media attention um, that is talking about autism, whether it be in a positive or negative light, it's still raising awareness and um, it brings about conversations at the dinner table, it brings about conversations in the classroom, in the workplace, um, and I think those conversations are really critical for where we are in our state of awareness here in Australia. Um, and look, you know, whether we talk about law enforcement um, or the paramedics or, you know, anybody, you, you don't know what you don't know. And law enforcement and our first responders have such a huge task ahead of them. They are expected to know everything about everybody and every single condition that exists. So, you know, when they walk into a triple zero scenario, they're supposed to recall everything in a split second. And that's the job that they take on board. And most of the time, um, you know, that the encounters are really successful. But with autism and its prevalence, um, it was really something that had not been brought forth to the Australian um, first responders. And that's where I just said, I've got to bridge this gap now and I have to do it immediately. Um, and so that's, uh, again, where, where Spectrum support um, really is starting to make a huge impact. I've had officers um, email me and call me and thank me uh, because it has literally saved lives. The training has saved lives. Um, they said, had we not sat in that training session, I just wouldn't have understood those behaviours that were being presented in front of me and I would have handled it completely differently. You know, law enforcement are trained to go in and defuse and de-escalate 
in a very rapid um, t- time frame, which is why um, you see really horrible situations like young Courtney Topic, who was shot and killed within 41 seconds. It was it was their, their training. They didn't know any better. So you don't know what you don't know. And now as we're rolling out this training, they understand that it can take somebody up to 40 seconds just to literally process the very first question that you asked, which was, what's your name? And if we did a pause here on this podcast, even for 10 seconds, the silence is awkward and deafening. So as a law enforcement officer to then have to wait against everything that you've been trained to do uh, for 40 seconds, um, it, it just, it, so that's again, why the training is so, so critical. Hmm. I'm just going to give that an extra couple of seconds for people to digest what that might be like. Um, you know, obviously it's a, it's very vivid trying to s- imagine that scenario where there would be even a need, you know, I don't know the age, roughly these are happening, but p- perhaps they're a mix of ages that could be, um, and all sorts of different, um, traits to look out for. So the signals may not be so obvious. Mm. So it's, it would be very, to think about what it would be like as a, you know, just hearing it for the first time. Um, you, you go with your, what you've been educated with, which might be, that looks like a threatening situation. Someone's got a, in a threatening posture or they're not walking back. It's, it's the, perhaps the, um, yeah, it's all those things that they're just reading the signals yes. incorrect for that circumstance. Correct. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be uh, something in their hand, a, a violent, uh, it might just be not following police orders or first responder um, and just not, and that kind of thing. It sends things down the wrong path. And then quickly, uh, I think, I'm not sure the protocol, but I imagine if you're not playing along with the normal course, then it escalates and they think, well, we got to stop this. And well, that's right. And autism, you know, is often um, misconstrued. It's it's often believed for drug or alcohol intoxication. It's, um, you know, insubordination. It's, um, you know, you, you may have certain individuals who do that flight off or, or um, you know, they, they run, you know, whatever, uh, you know, they, there's a, a huge um, issue with young or not just young, but but autistics running into situations of danger. So you have them running across freeways or walking into dense bush forests or, you know, climbing onto a huge rock with a, you know, a 15 meter fall behind, you know, underneath their feet. And there's no concept or understanding of fear or danger. And these are the, again, not, not typical scenarios that law enforcement are trained to deal with. Um, and so, you know, again, it's, it's why what we do is so critical and we need to make sure that all of our first responders in the country um, have a really good knowledge base um, as to what they may experience once they get that triple zero call or 911 in the US. That's but, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every country would be, but certainly um, it'd be interesting to see the level of uh, education and um you know, awareness happening out there. And maybe we can start this as a, a starting point for the conversation. I think mm. that, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing that personal mission tied into, it sounds like it probably keep you fairly busy. Um, <laughs> so, so CEO of your, of this uh, organization, um, how, how does the, how do you manage the balance of things? You still have got the family mm-hmm. aspect, you've got this major initiative. 
Um, do you have any help with it? Is it is it something that feels like? Do you have a balance in your life, or is this um, is it weighting more towards you're all in and there's not a lot of time off? <laughs> um, balance um, at the moment, you know. Look with with any organization when you're um, you know you're starting up, it's it's there's no clock. There's no 24 seven. There's, you know, there's 28 hours in a 24 hour day. Um, and with my boys, uh, I just kind of, I have typically worked around them. So in school holidays, if they're home, um, it can take me five hours just to respond to an email. But <laughs> once the kids are asleep, I'll work from 7.30 at night till one o'clock in the morning, or I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I work from 4.30 till till eight o'clock. Um, you know, this, this year is a little bit different because, um, all three boys are in school. So I finally, I mean, it's only week two back at school, but I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I've got, I've got time during the day to actually get my work done. So it's a little bit of reprogramming for, for me to now work, um, within the, a little bit more of the constraints of the day, but, you know, if I receive a phone call at two o'clock in the morning um, with somebody who needs my help, then I answer that call. And um, look, COVID absolutely impacted um, our our um, employment and our hiring capacity. Um, I've always had um, a member of the um, community come and stand alongside me and we deliver the training together because they've got lived experiences that they share with the officers. Um, and, uh, and that's, you know, COVID absolutely impacted that. So, uh, we're hoping it's our, our hope that, um, it comes sort of March, April, we'll be back on track and we can start getting everybody back, the, getting the team back together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good on you. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, a better situation in Australia than elsewhere, obviously. So, um, but as soon as it's safe to get back to normal, then I'm sure it's good for everyone, mm. um, especially with something like this. Um, yeah, look, I mean, there's so many aspects that uh, <laughs> I think we're going to come back to autism as a topic because I've seen it in the schools. Mm. I'm familiar with, I mean, I've got parent, friends and parents. Uh, I've got autistic children and I'm quite familiar with the whole landscape of things. And it's, um, I think everyone could benefit from a bit of awareness about what it is. And, and, and of course, that goes into your um, profession as well, what you're doing, but yeah, even just being yourself a parent and having to go through that and some of the um, the steps of those light bulb moments of just trying to not self-diagnose, but do you seek another opinion to um, just increase your knowledge and just try to look at what's happening around you, especially in a family? Yeah, look, I think... Um... I guess since um, since our training sort of went out, uh, we did a, a, a pretty big um, publicity launch with um, New South Wales Police Commissioner um, Mick Fuller last year. And since then, um, I've had lots of media outlets um, come and talk to me just about a range of different topics, you know, from what Christmas presents do I buy my kids? Um, how do I homeschool? Um, what is it like when you do have three children with, you know, such high support needs? How do you manage your balance between work and life? And, you know, there's there's just been so many um, points of conversation that I've been able to share my personal journey. And I would be more than happy to share um, that side of life and not so, you know, um, into the depth of, of my, my, um, work life. 
um, because autism is, um, as we've said, it's it's on the rise and the more awareness um, we can get out there, it drives acceptance and that's what it's all about. We all want to be accepted in this life, yeah, for who we are um, and and we need to make sure that we're working toward that every day. I want my kids to be proud to walk out of the house and proud of who they are and proud of their achievements and, you know, and uh, right now, um, you know, we've got a long way to go. So, and that's, you know, the 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 guy I, a little while ago, um, uh, I took my little guy to go and get a haircut and he was cool. Going to the barber is a huge deal for us. So he was he was cool. We we worked it out. We did all the visuals. He saw his brothers go. We did everything. We did everything right. It only took us three years to work him up to this point, but we got there and he was cool for five minutes. And then he flicked a switch and he went, I don't want to be here anymore. But we were like, you know, like at a at a party where there's too much booze and someone's just like kind of done half the head like I couldn't let him walk out of the salon with half his head done so I'm like screaming at the lady and I'm going get it done as fast as you can and he was freaking out the poor little darling anyway so I get him out and I give him a big cuddle and thanking them for being so understanding and so sweet and I get him out of the car park and I'm going, it's okay, buddy, you did a really, really great job. And then this um, elderly couple who was sitting in a cafe screamed at the top of the lungs going, I had to listen to that the whole time. And I was like, oh, okay, what do I do? And I just, my priority was to console my little guy. And, you know, and so there's this, anyway, the confrontation went on and on. And I, I have ended up screaming across the car park and I said, my son is autistic. And he goes, I don't care. You know, he just didn't, they didn't care. Um, anyway, so I got in the car and I had a big cry and it was just horrible. But, um, you know, those those personal things that I deal with every day, I share them because the more that I can share my personal journey and my personal experience with my family, um, the more people will have an understanding. You know, bullying in schools is huge. The amount of um, teenage girls that I've had email me, begging me, please come and educate my teachers. Please educate my principal. Um, so, look, I can... I can share with you um, as 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 much as you would like because it's it's my life it's it's my kids' life and I'm here to help in any way I can. Wow, I mean, I I certainly yeah definitely appreciate the you know the the story that you can share. It's it's the seed of creating something which mm. you have and and that's going to continue on. Um, and you'll there's an opportunity for others to join on as well. So that's the thing. These topics can you're planting in the seed and then it and then it kind of goes out so i imagine um is there some next step or is there anything that's holding you back obviously you know covid and everything had to slow down and shut down but looking forward is it um is it a clear path ahead like or are there other other major hurdles ahead look thank you for asking that i think um for us at the moment my husband and i have completely self-funded 
our charity. So um, for us, we actually need to start now getting some donations in the door, some corporate sponsorships, um, because that allows us to employ some more people. And the more people we get on the team, the faster we can deliver our message. So um, are there um, political, um, you know, restraints? Look, as far as law enforcement is concerned and the ambulance and fire brigade officers, they are all open to receiving this training. Um, so we just need to go through the different state rules because every state has a very, uh, just a slightly different way of operating. Um, but for us at the moment, it's it's financial. So um, if anybody um, from corporate space would like to talk about sponsorships, um, we've got lots to offer, um, but donations to if you can, um, we're literally saving lives with this training. So that's what we need at this point. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely glad we, we covered that. I mean, even just running a charity in itself and, and that is an unknown for a lot of people. Um, they have a good intention or they, but to, to do it efficiently mm. and to essentially to campaign and bring people in the loop and donations is... Um, yeah. I think people are charitable uh, across the world. It's just a, which platform are people supposed to use and all that. Do you have a, uh, is there something set up for that at the moment or is it just a so get in touch and then you work it out? Uh, so look, if you want to make a, a single donation um, or a regular donation, you can go to our website, spectrumsupport.org, um, click on the donate button and you can go from there. If you're interested in corporate sponsorship, then we offer as a charity a range of different packages. So just drop us an email again from the website and uh, and we can have a chat about what your organization would like to do and, and how we can partner together. Excellent. Look, Catherine, that has been great. I, I do see a lot of opportunity to chat about yourself personally and, and more to it. Um, she mentioned earlier on uh, that she's got uh, an interest in music and singing and we've got <laughs> microphones here, so probably won't be too long to get her back and share some of the personal side. But yeah, I think it's important just to tackle exactly what you're working on and um, we'll get it out there and um, get that conversation happening around and we'll, um, yeah, we'll see. And, and for people to follow along and get in touch, we've got your website. Yes. Anything else? Uh, they can subscribe to the newsletter. I think that was the main Yeah, thing. the newsletter. Follow us on social media and um, look, happy to come back anytime, but thank you so, so much for having me on the show today and for talking about my work and, and just about autism. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Take care. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch. Mm -hmm.